Outdoor Podcast. I'm David Kramer coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I have been friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, an economics degree, over 60 years of work experience, and not that much experience in what we're about to talk about. We're making this podcast together to try to help each other and hopefully you, the listeners, save some money. Okay, Mr. Kramer, so what is today's topic? Today's topic is maintaining your personal vehicle personally. So trying to do some car maintenance in your driveway instead of letting a professional do it. Wow, I just take it to the dealer. That's the best way to go, right? And just give them my wallet and say, please, do what you have to. <laughs> Uh, I think I mentioned this before, but my wife had a uh, Mercedes-Benz for a while, which uh, your wife drives now, and I was fairly convinced that every time we drove past the dealer, they would send us an invoice for a $400 visual inspection. Oh, my goodness. I did. I will say um, I did an oil change on my wife's uh, GLK this past week with my son, which was a, we had a, a good time, and uh, I looked at some prices that Mercedes charges for stuff, and it's really expensive. How much My for a, how much for an oil change, or do they have such a thing? I, you know, here's what I did. I went on, I went to something online. I didn't look at my local dealer. Um, it was when I did an estimate. This place called RepairPal.com, which I was using to do some estimates for our podcast today. Folks are saying it's anywhere from 159 bucks to 193 dollars for an oil change. Huh, I would expect it to be more at the Mercedes dealership. Really? Uh, and that's a lot. Now, I will say Mercedes, uh, and I think the European cars keep a lot of oil. So I did my Toyota recently as well. Toyota has a little less than five quarts. The Mercedes takes uh, like right almost right at seven quarts. So you have to buy two, two five-quart jugs of oil. And, and I like to use synthetic oil, and that stuff's pricey. And you have to have special European oil, which is more pricier as well. So... Um, is it drilled off the uh, coast of Norway? I don't know what they're doing. It just it, it add extra dollar signs to it. It's, it's crazy. So um, <laughs> I've had the car for, I think she's had that car for a year and a half. And listeners, we bought it used, which is good. So first thing about cars, buy a used car, keep it a long time. Um, and she's only driven 3,000 miles. So uh, the little maintenance light that comes on. A lot of cars have automatic maintenance lights. Now my, num my Honda van was the same way it came on. And so it was time for an oil change. So I said, well, what the hell? I got a lot of free time on my hands lately. And I've been doing a, um, some car maintenance that I, some of which I've done uh, on and off for years. And we'll talk about that. But some of it I haven't done because I've just been looking for the coupon, in the paper and taking it to the you know, shop to have the oil change there. My observation, Dave, is that uh, you know a lot of luxury cars come with twenty or fifty thousand miles of uh, service included. Actually, usually it's like forty thousand. Mm -hmm. uh, that once they started doing that, then they started letting your uh, oil change uh, get much, much longer. Where they used to recommend twenty five hundred miles if you drove in dusty conditions. It's pretty much ten thousand miles if they are paying for the maintenance. It's interesting um, on the. Uh I have a, a couple of Toyota Priuses and one has 128,000 miles and one my son drives and they will recommend 10,000 miles between oil changes if you use synthetic. So I've just been using that because it, it's, um, you know, it stretches the, it stretches them out, but they'll say 5,000 if you use conventional. So, um, 
the Mercedes as well has gone to 10,000 miles. So it's pretty, it's pretty reasonable from that perspective. I was just uh, looking at a discussion here on bensworld.org, how much people pay in labor. Oh, now I'm realizing this is from 2007. And uh, it's between $80 an hour in an independent shop to $166 an hour at a dealership. And that's 13 years ago. So if that's what they're charging for labor, uh, you could see how it could quickly get to $200 to uh, do an oil change. Yeah, I can see that. And the site I went to, I don't know if they're just, you're right. You're probably right. They're just, um, if you took it to the dealer, it'd be way more. And this is probably just an aggregation of different um, shops uh, in the area that would do an oil change. But, you know, it was good. It was something, I haven't done my own oil probably since, gosh, probably since I lived in Ohio, probably in the late 80s. And um, at that time, I had an 81 Honda Accord, and it was high enough ground clearance where you could crawl under the car and get to the oil without having to put up on jacks. I lived in an apartment at that time. And all my newer cars are just not that kind of clearance. But I broke down and I bought a set of those plastic ramps that are like 50 bucks from a Costco. And uh, my son and I did it. And he's never really had much experience working on cars. Or, so he was really jazzed about doing something like that. So we did it together and we changed the oil on the Prius. Uh, we changed the coolant system. And then the Prius has a separate cooling system to cool the inverter, which takes the battery, I think, and steps it up from 200 volts to 500 volts, something like that. So it has to be cooled. And, uh, you know, we took our time and he did some of the work. And I don't think he'd ever turned a wrench before. Not like I'm a great mechanic, but I've done it a number of times. And we were just learning some stuff together. I probably spent about four and a half hours between those three things to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about it, if you are not paying somebody $80 an hour in your after-tax money, because clearly this is not a tax deduction, you mm -hmm. are saving a lot of money, even if you're slow. Yeah. And if, you know, I wouldn't say I enjoy, it's fun to do it. You get the satisfaction. Um, it was really hot this past week. We picked a time when the temperature actually was only 90, 98 here. A smarter time to do this folks would be to do it in the fall or the spring, but you know, not that smart to, to do it in the right time of the year, but it was good. Save some money. Um, you know, an oil change actually sometimes are really actually pretty cheap because oil change for a shop could lead to other things. They, there's a loss leader for them because they want to get you in. They can do an undercarriage inspection like, oh, Mr. Kramer, you have something else leaking here from here, blah, 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 blah. So a lot of times it's just a way to get you in the shop to potentially do extra work. Yeah, particularly the dealer. They don't have oil change. They have level one, level two, level three service. And uh, you should look at those when you're there because some of the stuff that's on the list is a carryover from 1948. And they're claiming to do stuff that doesn't make sense, like lubing sealed joints. Yeah, there's a lot of inspections. So I, I actually, I will say the... Um I will say the Mercedes is new to me. It's a little frustrating because they seem more convoluted or complicated than some of the Japanese cars I've had. But I spent a, about an hour and a half yesterday putting together a maintenance schedule in Excel. And a lot of it's just inspection. But if you look at the Toyota, it's inspection as well. Um, yeah, it is what it is. I, I think one of the things that I have been doing maintenance-wise for the over the last 15 years is when you and I were younger, cars did not have cabin air filters. So I'm trying to remember what the first car that had a cabin air filter, I think it might've been my 2,500 that I personally own. And now they're ubiquitous. And if you go to the dealer, they want to charge you 80 bucks to change that filter. 
And if you're 55 years old, or I guess 56 today that I am, it's a little harder than when you're 20, because you have to sometimes convolute yourself and sometimes go upside down. But if you know what you're doing and you watch a YouTube video, you can do it in 10 to 20 minutes or less, and you can buy the part for 12 bucks and do it yourself. Yeah, that's the thing we have. I mean, we're, I'm doing less maintenance, but it's, it's much easier than we were kids. You can find the part online and have it shipped to your house instead of going to the auto parts store and hoping they have it. And uh, you can watch a YouTube video where somebody explains to you what kind of wrench you need and how you can safely crawl under your car instead of guessing at it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I uh, bookmarked a bunch of YouTube videos for the oil change on the Toyota and the Mercedes, and I had my son watch them. And we, I took my laptop out in the garage and set it up there so you didn't have to remember everything. And literally, we would do part of it um, and go watch the video. So it's really amazing. Uh, we were talking about it back in the day when you and I were younger. You generally went to the auto parts store. You bought a Chilton manual. That was the big manual. And sometimes they had them in stock and sometimes not. And they're fairly pricey. It, it seems to me that in today's dollars, they'd be about 50 bucks for one of those manuals. They were great though. It's amazing that that information was available, but I'm sure the whole, everything is available now, plus some advice from a professional. Yeah. The neat thing about the video is people tell you what went well, what didn't go well. You can actually see them do it, um, which is, it's just kind of cool. But, but I would encourage our listeners, things like um, the cabin filter, it's really not that hard. So um, I have uh, a couple Toyotas. I have a Nissan and uh, the Honda. I've not changed it yet in the Mercedes. I looked at the video. The Mercedes is going to be definitely tougher because there are three or four bolts that have to come out, another, another, another panel. I'll say that the Mercedes um, tends to over-engineer their stuff, and it's like more complicated than it has to be, in my opinion. Um, but like on the Nissan and the Toyota, I can do it. You just drop the glove box and literally you can get it done in, in 10 minutes. The first time it's going to be hard, but after that, you'll, you'll see. And instead of paying 80 bucks to the dealer, you're going to do it for $12 in parts from Amazon. Yeah, I changed it on my Kia SUV that we bought used. And it, it, was, it was pretty easy, but it was not intuitive having to drop the glove box. <laughs> And, and the first time I did with the Prius, it took me a while. Sometimes you're worried. Go slow because there's a lot of plastic parts, and you're worried about breaking stuff because there's little clips that have to come out. After you've done it once, you realize, okay, there's a there's some of it's like a technique, if you will. You have to squeeze the glove box. You have to squeeze pretty hard to get it down. The Nissan, you can actually do it. I saw a video on YouTube. You can actually do it without dropping the glove box. You have to kind of crawl up underneath the dash, which is a little harder for us that are getting older. But it saves you some time, and if you're reasonably limber, I mean, you're done. In, you're done in ten minutes. So it's it's um, really simple thing to do. The, the other thing that drives me nuts is engine filters. So my, I think my car says replace the engine filter in the Toyota every thirty thousand miles. And I looked up on RepairPal.com today. Dealers are charging, or I should say, repair facilities are charging about seventy-one dollars on average to to change that. The Prius filter I bought, I think it was a Fram, was like twenty-one bucks delivered. What so, kind of filter is that, Dave? The air filter for the engine. So it's just the engine air filter. And those are super easy because you can stand in front of the car. You just flip the hood up, and usually it's sitting, standing there right there. And you pop, um, generally, I think on the Toyota, there's like two or three um, pressure latches. You just pop the latches, pull it out, put the new one in, pop it down, and you're done in literally five minutes. 
one thing that is harder now than when we were kids is um, smart people like you working for the as a manufacturing slash mechanical engineers have figured out easier ways to put cars together that make it harder to take them apart. That, that's for sure. Um, I'm trying to compare and contrast. Uh, there are and just compare and contrast the Toyota to the Mercedes. I will say. Um, Here's something interesting. Uh, the cars today all have under engine kind of panels, if you will, the, those plastic panels. And back in the day, we didn't have that. So when I slid underneath my 81 Accord, there was no under engine panel. You just basically got to the drain bolt, unplugged it, let it drain, get the oil filter, let it drain. Um, but now you have to carefully take those under, panel, under panels off. I will say um, kudos for the Mercedes. They have metal screws and they go into metal clips. So those are going to last the lifetime of the car. The Toyota uses plastic push pins and about a third of them are broken in my son's car. So we, we ordered some of those plastic push pins and today later we're going to probably go out and try to get those pins in place because about half of them are um, not there, um, uh, which is interesting. So just getting that stupid panel off in some cases is the biggest impediment to getting your oil changed. So those panels are there to improve uh, airflow, right? I believe so for fuel economy, yeah. And so most modern cars have them, but it's it makes it harder to get this stuff. Now, sometimes, like with the oil on the, on the Prius, there's a flap that comes down, so it's just like three buttons and a flap. Um, it's interesting, on my son's car, that must have come down, and it's it's no longer there, so it's been ripped off. But on the I have a I have a 2015 Prius with low miles, and the flap is still there, so... Um, the hardest part, I think, in some cases with changing the oil is just getting that damn plastic off to get to the stuff underneath the car. What's the uh, reason for the engine covers you see a lot now? You know, I don't, you know, I do not know, honestly, because I, I should probably look that up. I think it's just appearance. And it's, it's interesting. Um, uh, so another thing that we did was Alex and I, or my son and I, we changed out the, um, spark plugs on the Prius. And if you're lucky enough, you have a car where the spark plugs are right there in front of you. On the Prius, it's a four-cylinder car, and the engine is kind of cantered back towards the firewall, so you can't get in there and have clearance. You have to actually take off the windshield wipers. Uh, so it took us about two and a half hours to change the spark plugs. And I remember, I think in my Honda Accord, the spark plugs are right there. You can literally pop them out in five minutes. Um, but there's a there's a what he didn't realize is that thing that looks really pretty, that looks like the engine, is just a plastic part that sits on top of the engine. And I assume it's just there for looks, but I don't know. It probably adds to cleanliness. You know, used to, steam cleaning engines used to be a thing. And uh, now you open up the hood and it looks nice under there. It does look neat. Yeah. I'll have to investigate, but it's interesting that the Toyota has this big plastic thing that it's made to look like metal. And he thought it was metal. He didn't realize that, pop oh, like that, that popped off. It's just a piece of plastic that sits on top of the head of the engine. And the Mercedes is almost all plastic. There's two big pieces of plastic where you can't see any mechanical bits at all. So here's a confession, Dave. I do not know how to check the oil on any of the three cars we own. I've never done it. Interesting. Um, you should learn to do that. I'll, I'll give you. A, I'll give you a personal example. So the 2010 Prius. Um, my son came home and said, "Hey, Dad, the the oil light's coming on." I'm like what? And then he was just going to tell me in passing. So I got up immediately and I was starting to walk out the door. I was getting upset with him that he wasn't following me immediately because when that oil light comes on, you have problems. And we went out there, and there was probably like a quart of oil in that car. 
So you should check it. Now, I don't know what's going on. It's a third generation Prius. And sometimes there's things with those cars, once they get about 100,000 miles where they have problems with where they're using oil. But I'm kind of thinking that maybe the repair shop didn't put oil on the car when they changed it before. That's a possibility too. So time will tell as we kind of check that oil the, that we replaced in there. Um, but I would encourage our listeners just to do that because you, especially the older mileage cars, you could have a problem where some cars will start leaking oil and you don't want to get to the point where you don't have enough oil in there. Well, as a reminder for our listeners, that oil light flashing means you lost oil pressure, not necessarily lost oil. Uh, so usually it means the oil pump is gone and you should pull over because you're about to blow up your engine. I recall when we were in college, uh, a young woman telling us, oh, my oil light came on. I pulled over and I checked the dipstick. There was plenty of oil. So I got back and drove here. And uh, that's not what you should do. You should stop and call for help. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. So um, it's interesting, at least in the Toyota figured out something was going wrong, perhaps when he was going around a corner where it was losing pressure because there was no oil going through the pump, if you will. So maybe that in some ways is a fail safe, but I would encourage you to get, you know, check your oil. I will say I'm not checking my oil, my oil on my Nissan Leaf at all, <laughs> which is an electric car listener. So um, that's the nice thing about that car. Yes. Uh, mechanics really like electric cars uh, because they are so clean. So Dave, when you're working on a, an old fashioned ICE car that is greasy and grimy, do you wear gloves for instance? I do. I, I got. A, I picked up a, this. Um, I picked up some mechanics gloves for like eight bucks a little bit ago. I really like use, using those when you're doing stuff because your hands don't get dirt, dirty, and my hands tend to be um, uh, the thing, uh, rough and cracked. So then it takes a long time to get out, you know, to wash them off, if you will. And then doing the oil, use gloves. Just uh, buy a hundred of those nitrile. They're like exam gloves or whatever, so you don't get the oil over your hands. That's a, a really good tip to do. Yeah, it's not terribly good for you to have oil coming through your skin, and it is hard to clean up. Like diesel fuel stays with you for a long time as a scent. Yeah, that is that is true. So uh, use the like the uh, disposable gloves like your doctor would use in the office. That's what most folks do. And then when I'm just turning the wrench, um, I like to use a pair of mechanics gloves because they usually have little fingers with some rubberized material in the end makes it easier to, to grab hold of things. So it, it makes it much more pleasurable and, and it keeps your knuckles from getting bruised as well. I come from a family of gearheads. My grandfather owned a, a body shop and so did my uh, first cousin. Um, but for instance, my my grandfather owned like seven or eight cars because he would keep ones that uh, were and and rebuild them. Mm. Uh, he would change the oil on his cars every thousand miles. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, this is back in what the forties and fifties. Uh, but he would just go into a vacant lot and uh, dump the oil on the ground and then move the car and pour the new one stuff in. Back in the day, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I remember. Uh, the first car I had, they were recommend oil changes every 3,000 miles. It's amazing how far technology has come, but folks do not be dumping their oil on the ground. Just um, what you want to do, the easiest way is to, um, I have this uh, drain tray. So essentially what it is, is this big kind of tray rectangular, it's basically a carrying container. And then on the, on the big open, on the big side, the rectangular side, it has a little drain, it has a little built-in drain into it. So when you pull down the engine oil filter, you, you get some mess that comes out when you, when you 
open the drain plug to the car, you get some mess there, but drain that thing in. And then when you're done with that, drain that back into the oil cans that you use. So it's a lot easier instead of buying quarts of oil, just buy the big five quart jug and just pour it back in there. And you can generally take that back to any auto parts store. Um, also some cities like the city I live in will do a recycling. You can take it there and they'll recycle it for you. So that's the best way to do it. Cool in all the other chemicals as well. Yeah, you do have to be careful with that. That makes a big mess. A gallon of oil can uh, can contaminate hundreds of yards of uh, material, dirt, for instance. So don't dump it in. Uh, do not do what my grandfather did. I didn't mean that as a, as a recommendation of old timey advice. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But uh, you know, overall, it was relatively straightforward. Um, one thing I did do in the Prius is I, I installed a valve. Uh, the name of the company is called Fumoto, but basically it goes where the drain plug goes, and it's a little spring-loaded lever that you can use, and it's got a nipple on the end of it. You can buy The one I bought had a nipple on the end of it. So next time I do the oil, you can put a 316-inch flexible tubing, and then you can drain that straight into a, a container and not have the oil splash out. Now, you still got to have the splash when you pull the um, oil filter down, but... Uh, some people like having that, so I thought, thought I'd give it a try. It makes changing the oil a little bit less messy. So, Dave, you've mentioned a few different tools and accoutrement that you bought for this. Uh, any guess on how much you spent on that? Um, I mean, I, for for this go around, I probably spent about fifty bucks because most of the tools I already had. I think for most folks, uh, my cars are the Japanese, and one is European. If you have a uh, a socket set. Uh, with metrics, uh, met metric sizes, then that'll work because uh, most of the mo had most of the socket sizes. I did buy special uh, wrench for the oil covers. So for both the Toyota and the Mercedes, I think the Toyota was like a 64 millimeter. You can buy a cover that fits exactly on it and that helps out. And then there's a standard size plug at the end of it. Now, I will say be careful when you buy it because sometimes you don't have the right socket so I think on the end of the Toyota, it's a 64 millimeter size, but I didn't have the right socket to go on the end of that. So I had to buy that socket, which ended up being, I forget, it was like five or six bucks. But I think I spent 50 bucks overall to, to do this recently. But I will say the basic tool set, you know, I had, if you will. Don't you need a special wrench to do the spark plugs? They're very, very deep. Yeah, you need a special spark plug wrench. So that's one of the things that I bought. This I did have a I did have a couple spark plug wrenches, but they're different sizes. They were for older cars, so I did have to buy a special spark plug wrench for the um, Toyota. And they're 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 deep, and they have a little uh, tangs that hold on to the spark plugs. So when you stick it down in there, it grabs all the spark plug and pulls it out for you. Yeah, I also you should watch the YouTube video and you. You got to remember double check, right? If you forget to put the plug back in and you just dump the oil in the top and it runs out in your driveway, you will be sad and it will take a while. It might not happen until you fire up the engine, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you can make some mistakes. So make sure that drain plug goes back in, tighten the filter up, um, tighten it to the prescribed torque that the manual calls out. Typically, it's, they're not super tight in there somewhere around hand tight, but you can, you know, torque that and make sure you, you tighten the oil filter housing in there. And again, just uh, follow manufacturer's recommendations. And then what, what, what we did for the Mercedes was pour about a quart in there and just let it sit there for a while um, to make sure it wasn't leaking. I did notice when I pulled it off, uh, a little bit of oil was leaking past the, they, they use a copper um, washer 
So a little bit of oil. You could just see little drips of oil on the undercarriage pan. It had been dripping on there probably for since the oil was changed last time. Do you rotate your tires, Dave? I don't do it myself. So I take it, um, there's a local shop here in Arizona. I think they're nationwide discount tire. They'll do it for free. So they do it as a service. And um, I just take, I take it over to them and they'll rotate your tires for free. Yeah, it's a lot faster if you have a lift and an impact wrench. If you're doing it yourself, you got to be pretty organized. Yeah, I mean, you could certainly do that yourself, but it, 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 it's a lot of work to do it yourself. When you can, the discount tire here is literally a, a mile and a half, and I'll just make an early appointment and do it over there. But, um, you know, if Costco is another place where you can buy tires. I believe Costco will rotate your tires for the life of your car for free is my, is my recollection. Um, but you could do it yourself, but that's a lot of work. It's a lot, that's a lot of manual effort. You do have a lot longer warranties, but we're not talking about repairs, right? We're talking about maintenance. Yeah, I, I, this is all this is all maintenance. None of this is repair. So replacing the you know the coolant, the oil change, the spark plugs. Which with my, it's amazing with modern cars. I was uh, my son and I were doing this for the first time, and for him, a lot of this was brand new. So. Or you and I are not that old, but it used to be you replace your spark plugs every thirty thousand miles. And Toyota on the Prius recommends a hundred thousand miles between changes. It was amazing. And those old spark plugs, they didn't look that bad. I, I've taken spark plugs out like at thirty thousand, looked a lot worse than the date at a hundred thousand. So are you going to uh, uh, replace the timing chain, Dave, or is it a belt on that car? Oh yeah. So if you have a if you have a timing belt, you should get that changed because that's one of my key lessons. Is I prolong that on my '86 Honda Accord, and when that thing breaks, so Honda engines are susceptible to this. Then you crash your valves into the cylinders, and your engine runs really poorly. And your car, if it's you know 15, 10, 15 years old, is essentially like <laughs> beyond economic repair. <laughs> Which I did one time, listener. So don't do it. Don't do it. And I'm feeling a little bad after we were talking about this because you and I are both engineers. You are literally a car guy, right? You used to work for Honda, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we haven't done a great job with exposing our kids to traditional wrenching on your car stuff. Yeah, I, my son was. It was exciting for us to do it to together and he was really excited um because he had never done any wrenching like that before i mean he's interested in computers and we built a, he and i built a computer together last year a gaming computer and he has some experience there but he's never done anything you know mechanical like this so it was kind of an eye-opener doing it uh you remember we took a trip with right after i bought that kia suv and we were driving around at night and i pulled over to see if the headlights were working because the the old style headlights were so dim i was afraid we were going to run off the road mm -hmm. but um, uh, my older son and i bought the replacement bulbs and upgraded them to an led i had to buy the bulbs twice because i bought the wrong ones the first time um but it, it didn't take long and boy it, it changes the appearance and certainly the performance of the car uh there's little things like that that are the difference between the the s model and the se model that all the wiring cages are there it's just a question of buying the part and sticking it in yeah, it's interesting because I um, I have two Priuses. They're essentially the same car, but one is a little higher trim level. The 2010 is uh, the highest trim model. It comes with LED bulbs, and it 
it's a little bit brighter and it's easier to see the 2010 has the regular um, old incandescent or I th they might be halogen type bulbs um, and it's a little different look a little not quite as bright and not not and a little bit whiter light if you will but I've seen a lot of people do that because th those are easy to do and the retrofits fit in the same holes are easy and uh, easy to do. That's another good thing that for our listeners is all that all those light bulbs and things like that are made to be repaired by the owner. So um, if you're pretty handy, mo most of those lights come out, they come out with just hand tools. And if you just get the right bulb, you can replace all those bulbs yourself. So tr give that a try. It's really cheap and you'll save yourself a bunch of money. You ever try and install your own fog lights, Dave? The holes are there. It can't be that hard. I bet the I bet the wire cages there, wire harnesses there. I've I've not done that. I've not done that. I've I've done a little stereo work, but my the stereo work I've done is probably back in like when I had some eighties cars. Um, and I've like historically I've done some, I've done some of the stuff inside my car just because it's so time consuming to take things apart, if you will. Um, so, uh, but now I've never installed fog fog lights before. I got ambitious with some older cars and tried to fix some rattles. And um, it's tough, though, when you take things apart. At some point, they're clips, and you just have to pull really hard. And I ended up going backwards, you know. I, I added more rattles than I took out. Yeah, that's tough. We had um, I had a uh, Toyota van, a Previa van. Some of our listeners may know that car or van. is not a very popular one, but it um, had some serious rattles, and I bought it with a lot of miles on it. And I would be darned if i take that to the dealer because they didn't have any they didn't have any better idea than i had but i spent half a day taking the thing apart and it was rattling around the rear air conditioning thing so i took it apart stuck some foam in there and it it helped it helped out and you know you just go slow because you, you're afraid of breaking stuff I'll, I'll say that and haven't been in the car business like taking off a door liner i kind of know how it works how to do it so i've replaced the electric window motor in my old camry you know um but those are some things too if you have some time is some of those inside stuff where it just it takes time you can save yourself a bunch of money by trying to do it yourself all right uh well hopefully we've uh, encouraged our listeners to uh take this stuff on i think you'll find if you um asked enough questions and you talked to your mechanics and they were being honest they would admit that they're looking at youtube videos and reading the manual and uh <laughs> just they're more confident than you or i might be it's like yeah. the it guys at work they're googling it and you can google it just as well as they can that's a really good point because you know i have i have two cars that are exactly the same car so what i love about that is you do on one you know i'm doing the other but like my wife's newer car that we bought i've had to look a lot of videos and read the manual because i've never had a car like that um and it's just uh i i my thumbs up for mechanics are working shops that work on all different kinds of cars because you got to know a lot of stuff and try to figure out pretty quickly whereas if all you worked on all day long was toyotas and you saw a bunch of priuses a bunch of camrys a bunch of corollas it's, it, it probably gets i don't want to say old hat but you're going to uh, I think that knowledge is is going to be useful across a bunch of different cars because they tend to do things the same, if you will. But if you had to be in a a shop that catered to different kinds of car types, man, that's that's tough. That's tough. But YouTube it. Yeah, and use the technology we have at our fingertips. Take pictures before you take things apart because it looks obvious until you realize, oh, was this horizontal or vertical when I took it out. <laughs> It's a really good idea, and I laugh because we were doing the spark plugs for the 
Prius, you had to take out the windshield wipers and the cowling and another, another cowling. So we put it, we put it in order and put all the parts in order. If you've got a big garage, take the parts out and put them in order from start to finish. And then just read, then go backwards because if you put all the screws in a pile, it's like, oh, these are kind of the same, but they're different and you'll have a bad day. All right, my friend. Dave, thanks for the wisdom and the encouragement. Hopefully, everybody can go out there and save themselves uh, $80 to $175 an hour. If you do one thing, listeners, just get cabin filter or engine filter. Just try that. That's the, those are the simplest things to do, and those are super high-margin items from your dealer. Not that I want to take work away from your dealer, but it's easy to do, and you save yourself a bunch of money. All right, great. Well, we'll see you next time, Dave. Take care.